And I think that's a large part of it. But also the censorship comes in where people are organizing, people are meeting, people are discussing things that they don't want discussed. And there are dissenting voices being heard. And there are rumblings of revolution coming because people are tired. And you can hear it in every single video, every single live from the left, that we really need to do something. And people are becoming increasingly anti-capitalist. And it's not just anti-racist and anti-sexist anymore. It is increasingly anti-capitalist. And I think that is a huge threat. Here we go. All right. Welcome to the show, the Trans Narrative Podcast. I'm joined today uh, with um, Salamander. Um, we are joined today uh, with Nikita Ramkisun. Did I enunciate that correctly? Ramkisun. Ramkisun. Sorry, my apologies. Um, you know, coming into the show, I want to make sure that we get this this correct and accurate, because if you can learn how to say something like Trotsky or Machiavelli, you can learn to say a, a, a fucking name. You feel me? Yes. Um, uh, Ram Kinsun? I'm sorry. Ram Kinsun. I'm sorry, I want to make sure I say it right as well. <laughs> I'm putting it, um... I also like to get everybody's pronouns because that's important. So, um, mm-hmm. Nikita, may I have your pronouns? They, them, I, I don't they mind them. she, but, uh, they, them makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. Okay, so, mm-hmm. they, them. And then, mm-hmm. Salamander, what is your pronouns? I use she, her, and we. Um, I express myself femininely, and I kind of see a connection with everyone. So I kind of see, like, it's all of us. <laughs> yeah. So um, I myself am, uh, oh, yes, yeah, it. Ram. Ram Kisun. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And as you know, I'm your lovely host, um, the one who coalesced from darkness and is nothing but greatness, Lucy Balsano. She, her pronouns. Um, Lucy is short for Lucifer, AKA the goddamn devil. It's okay. Don't worry. When you die and you come to me, it is gonna be a fucking party. Hmm. Now, Nikki, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a journalist, educator, and uh, researcher from South Africa. I grew up in South Africa. Uh, with a master's in gender studies and about to be doing another master's at Georgetown in Washington, D.C. I just got accepted a couple of weeks ago. Um, So very much an academic kind of research-based journalist. And I've um, written for international publications and um, been a lot of, done a lot of conflict stuff, but also entertainment. Like, you have a very extensive background. Like, holy crap. (laughs) But I realized right from the time I started studying that uh, I need to be writing freelance as much as I possibly can to get my name out there. So from my first year of university, I've been, I approached a whole lot of places. Like, hey, can I write for you? I wrote for free for much of my um, undergraduate years. And when I started teaching, that's when people were like, hey, you actually have a good body of research. So why don't we start paying you? And that was good. Um, But I have worked for national newspapers in South Africa, such as the Mail and Guardian, the Sunday Times. Times. Uh, Was the editor-in-chief of the Daily Vox for for a little while, a very little while. But uh, 
yeah, it was um, it was good to get that kind of grounding before freelancing for international publications like the Daily Beast. And yeah, I've written for quite a few places. So what made you decide to hop into this formal life? Is it just like a uh, call to nature or a call from your nature? Or did you just like wake up one day and were like, wow, there's a lot of misinformation going on and I would like to fix that. I would like to be oh. able to. Initially, TikTok was as a lot of adults found their calling on TikTok, a result of lockdown. Mm. Um, I was living in Sweden um, when the lockdown happened and we weren't really locked down. So I was kind of scrolling for almost a year. I was just kind of doom scrolling. And then I, when I got home uh, back to Johannesburg and we were on like strict lockdown here, I realized, holy shit, like I'm fucking bored. <laughs> <laughs> like there's only so much I can read in a day. And yeah. like, I'm doing eight hours of like solid work and but okay TikTok. <laughs> yep. And I started I out by reading black feminist poetry on on my videos, okay. which always got taken down for community guidelines violations because people get buttered by uplifting yes. women of color. I would agree. I, I I've noticed that like it, you see it in a lot of like uh, white owned social media where it's like uh, you'll notice how in like, for instance, Facebook, one of the ones that I'm very popular on, um, you can literally say racial slurs against black folk and you have to report it. However, I, ha I can't put the, per the word white next to or near the word person without it getting taken down. So, you know, we have yeah. F6, white, uh, W-Y-T, we have like mm -hmm. 50 different ways to say white person solely to get around you know being blocked but you could literally say the n-word like hard r on facebook yeah. and it's like oh nobody has reported this so we can, we don't really know and it's like no please please yeah. like you, you can you can say something along the lines of something i've literally seen on on facebook with somebody saying like oh women belong in the kitchen and then somebody put this is why men are trash and it literally just it, it blocked it deleted uh, the response comment of this is why men are trash and mm -hmm. so that that's misogynistic or not misogynistic what was it uh misandry this is misandry and uh it, it, this is a hate thing but it's like wh what this makes no sense but yeah it's, it's a bias that you'll see a lot no it As definitely you know, is a bias yeah any modicum of power that's taken away from those uh that certain demographic tends to be seen as uh, something that should be outright banned. Yes. And so starting out with, um, with reading poetry by women of color, it was kind of like, hey, I am this person who's really bored in, in pajamas and I haven't worn a bra in three uh, weeks. Um, so hi, a welcome to bedtime poetry. And, <laughs> People started liking it and I started getting followers. I'm like, why are people following me? And then I discovered lives and I was just scrolling in and out and people were like, hey, your takes are really good. Like, why don't you come up and speak? And because you only need one follower in South Africa to go live as a guest. Oh, really? Wow, cool. Yep. It, it doesn't allow you to go live with your camera. So you oh. need 500 to do that. 
and then you need 800 followers to host your own lives. Unlike in the States where you need a thousand yes, just flat out for anything. Yeah. That's why I was surprised. You're like, oh, you just need one follower. Pardon me? Just That's one like follower to be a without camera. Yeah. So I started guesting on people's lives without my camera. Um, and like people hearing me speak. And eventually when I did turn my camera on for the first time, people were like, oh, you're a brown woman. And then the hate started coming. Yep. That's exactly how it goes. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. you're one, not white. And two, you're a woman. And three, you break the binary. Therefore, yeah. all opinions are thrown out the window, no matter how much I agreed with them and how valid they were. I've seen that quite a and, bit. And, and the like, microaggressions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, oh, but she speaks so well. Like, where did you learn English? From the colonizer, motherfucker. <laughs> I, get, I used to get a lot before I came out. Like, um, before I came out, I had a very white sounding, as they call it, uh, dead name. And people would talk to me on the phone. And they would, you know, they'd, they'd talk to me and they talked to my uh, coworker. My coworker also had a white sounding name. And, um, you know, at the time I presented as masculine. So they, it was two black men um, with white sounding names. And we're both very articulate. And for some reason, it just doesn't click with some people that uh, basically by when your first chance of meeting me is, oh, oh, I didn't expect you to have that sort of name. That's like, what name did you expect me to have? Tyrone? Deshaun? Daquan? Like, do I need to go down the list? Like, oh, no, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. You're just different than I had a pictured in my head. Different how were you expecting yeah. a white person? And and Salamander, it looked like you were about to say something. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, well, no, it's okay. Um, you know, just want to make sure I'm not stepping off for anybody. Um, but no, I agree. I go through the same thing uh, when I'm on the phone or when I'm talking to people. They think I'm white man because my name, you know, their name is Brandon. Um, but yeah, I, I was trying to ask Nikki, you know, do you see TikTok as a form of uh, platform that decentralized these conversations that we have in our society? Because I think that's one reason why they're really trying to ban it, to be honest, because yeah. Gives everyone an equal chance to speak. It lets the voices I, of the press be heard. Yes, yeah. The day I realized that these spaces are violent, even when you have a free platform to speak, is when I heard Misfit Patriots say the N-word with a hard R 17 times in a live and not get banned. Whereas Erica Foreman, a poet, and she's a... Uh, publisher for uh, one of the most beautifully socialist publishing houses in the States, Haymarket Books. She just started touching on CRT and they permabanned her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm -mm. and this was within a day of each other. And I was like, no, there's no space for people of color, specifically women and femmes of color to speak freely because we are constantly monitored and policed and tone policed and our lives are pushed out to the wrong people constantly. I mean, the algorithm is so sophisticated, but nobody knows how it works. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely saw with the congressional hearing that Congress doesn't know anything about how anything tech related works. I need to know, does this thing connect to Wi-Fi? <laughs> like really? That, I think that's my favorite question of the year so far. Like, does, does this thing connect to Wi-Fi? Yeah. Uh, how does it, how was the, the program coding made? And they're like, uh, open source between several different countries. Well, was it compiled uh, in China? And they're like, what? And he's like, when it was compiling, did somebody put in a byte code while compiling? Like, could China have done that? And it's like, do you not understand, like, how anything electronic works? Like, when it comes to programming, you, you what? What? Like, the, this is just, like, silly. Silly. It, that's exactly it. But uh, but as to your question, it does provide a space where we can connect. And part of the reason that they want to shut it down is money, is because China is it holds so much debt over the head of of, uh, of the U.S. Because like it, it's more than it's 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 in the trillions of debt that the U.S. owes to China, and I think that's a large part of it. But also the censorship comes in where People are organizing, people are meeting, people are discussing things that they don't want discussed. And there are dissenting voices being heard. And there are rumblings of revolution coming because people are tired. And you can hear it in every single video, every single live from the left, that we really need to do something. And people are becoming increasingly anti-capitalist. And it's not just anti-racist and anti-sexist anymore. It is increasingly anti-capitalist, and I think that is a huge threat. Um, but that being said, I think there's more politics and more economics at play in terms of shutting people down. What I do believe is that TikTok is only the first part of how social media can connect people. Because you're finding, we're finding that people are moving from TikTok. We're meeting on TikTok. And then we're moving to Discord and then we're getting each other's numbers. And then yep. we're forming these signal groups. And then we're like, okay, this is how we're organizing. This is uh, this is a group that I belong to. Why don't you come into this WhatsApp group? Or, hey, we meet here every Thursday and we, we organize this way. And it's bleeding into real life. Like already, um, I was turned away from the States last year because I was coming in there on a road trip that was meant to be kind of like a free educational thing, like giving lectures wherever we went. And I was supposed to be giving lectures on feminism. Uh. And of course, they turned me away at the border. They're like, hey, you're a potential terrorist. Go away. Yeah. Um, under the guise of, firstly, well, they pulled the Patriot Act on me. Um, and the other thing was, uh, they said, oh, you had the wrong visa. What? Like, what? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I totally believe you when you say that I had the wrong visa. Because I went to the embassy and got this cleared. <laughs> well, that and getting a, a wrong visa, like, if that's the case, why would I? let? No, there's a lot that, that sounds like hokey with what they were saying. It's and it, it seems to me they equate uh, informing people and uh, educating people about feminism and, you know, 
body autonomy, yeah. anything like that. They, they equate, equate that to terrorism. Like they, yeah, yeah. they're afraid for sure. And I mean, I'm not allowed into Israel, so that could have been part of it. I mean, aren't you Israel? I'm not, because they're like, oh, look at your your Palestinian, like pro-Palestinian stuff. Like, do you support Hamas? I'm like, really? <laughs> That's your first question. It's like those those people at the at the congressional hearing, like, you don't have to declare your political affiliation to your company. And they're like, is anyone part uh, is this person part of the CCP? Like would a company know that somebody in their company is part of the Chinese Communist Party? Really? I, well, I think, like, one, who cares as long as, like, you can literally vet code. You can literally run tests on this shit. So it doesn't make sense why they were asking the questions that they were asking for some of the stuff. Oh, no, but, it, it, it was to bulldoze. It was to intimidate. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That whole, like... Mm. And also, doesn't being turned away at the at the U.S. border come with a stipulation of you can't re-enter for a while too i couldn't re-enter for another six months yeah i, I had a, a significant other who was a foreign national and she refused to give up her citizenship because you know she came from japan and even she was like your country's terrible <laughs> the only reason i want to live in your country is because family's rich and your work days are better than japan's but other than that your country's there yeah and uh, they said that I had to get on that flight immediately. Yep. As soon as they made the decision. Same Otherwise, if I missed that flight, I would have to spend the night in jail. I'm like, no, why do I need to spend the night in jail? You have to, you're turning me away. Like, you have yeah. to provide accommodation for me. But they'll tell and you. And they. Yeah. Whew. It's, it's an much... ordeal dealing with the US. <laughs> Well, and, and the immigrations are, the immigration officers are never like pleasant. They're rude. They're mean. Um, they won't listen to you. And then they don't even follow their own rules. It's like, oh, well, you have they to provide. Don't. Oh, no. Why would I, why would we have to provide accommodations? You're the one who came here by accident. Like, no, I didn't come here by accident. I just didn't think I'd be turned back for some silly reasoning. Yeah. But uh, hey, at least this time I'll have a student visa and I actually have. <laughs> All oh, of like the documentation. So, will it be like an F one visa or? Uh, I can't remember the, the the details now, but um, it's everything is all the documentation is provided by by, by the university. So, yeah, it's probably because I know that a lot come on the F one visa for like schooling and whatnot, and then they can mm -hmm. save. Um, it's just like it gets it gets really weird when it comes to mm. the way and stuff works that's why it's always very frustrating when somebody oh this come here the legal way like have you have you checked this legal way that's just Ooh. very and it's very biased and you could be waiting like four days it is not a pretty pretty thing it's expensive and, mm -hmm. and salamander i'm sorry i've been hogging up all the talk space so <laughs> like me and nikita are gonna are gonna vibe and talk i i, yes. I Caroline also fell asleep over there because I haven't heard from her in a minute. It's okay. Um, you know, I'll just, like I said, just waiting for opportunity. Um, I really want to talk to you about, like, you know, tying back into the TikTok ban and how all these mm -hmm. intersections with the homophobia, with the drag ban, all just seem like mm -hmm. very much at the same time. 
I feel like all this is a lot of the source of this is uh, a lot of internalized homophobia and so like that. I don't know. Have you ever noticed anything like that? Because like when these people are talking about the algorithms and all thing they see are are, are gay men and uh, gay men, drag queens and stuff like that on TikTok. I'm like that. You see that the algorithm is picking it mm-hmm. up because you want to see that. It's like. Saying? When I first got TikTok, I asked people, like, why is it all, like, thirst traps on TikTok? And they, they literally were like, well, what is it you're looking up on TikTok? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I think, you know, I don't know if you saw that part of the congressional hearing, but it's a lot of Freudian slips going on. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what, what, what's going on? Like, I, do you think it's just, like I said, they equate what you're saying as swear- terrorism. And, like, you know, I just, when I hear these things, it reminded me back what happened in Tennessee with the lieutenant governor. Yeah, he just called it an attack on the left. The attack from the left. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, I I really think the key problem here is the internalized homophobia is like. Well, and a good thing to point out from Tennessee, one of the people who put that ban was like, uh, oh, you know, it's attack from the left. But then like it was it was the uh, lieutenant governor was immediately caught right out, you know. Chatted up with a femboy. He's like, mm, you could turn a rainy day into the sunshine and rainbows cupcake. And you're just like, uh. <laughs> but like, you know, when we talk about these things, I just can't help but see how they intersect with like, they're insecure about their debt they're in with China. And they also insecure about how they're actually gay or homosexual or not part of the hair of normal and just reject that identity you know what i'm saying as you can't mm-hmm. see it it's just like wild as hell to me you know and it just it just crazes me you know what i'm saying it is but that sound is trending now with yeah. um that speech saying that trans people need to be eradicated yeah oh my god that yep. sound is heartbreaking mm-hmm. because it is not born out of concern no. for humanity. Absolutely not. What it is born out of is weakness. We know that. Yes. But yeah, it is fear and desperation. Mm-hmm. And I've made a video about this. It's desperation to cling to the last dregs of power that they have. The, they know that time is up for cishet, Christian, able-bodied white men, neurotypical, all of that kind of stuff. They know that time is running out for their power and they are desperately clinging to it in every way they can. And they're clinging to it in the best way they can and that is through policy. Because they're the ones still holding the power. They have the the ideological power and they have the actual um, political power to do it. And so, they are pushing this this narrative that the the left is doing everything bad that they are pushing for that that the left is destroying family values destroying the nuclear family destroying society um and this is something that the writer ruby hamad calls the lovejoy trap because mm-hmm. you know um helen lovejoy from from the simpsons like <laughs> what about the children, the children kind of vibe yes. yeah Oh, yeah. Children, yeah. You can see that in the law. 
Like I originally remember they were saying they're passing this to protect children. And then you see um, places like Florida, which is banned essentially drag as well, you know, kind of like Tennessee, but at the same time, they have criminalized, uh, uh, what is it, uh, youth uh, gender affirming care, as well as they've made it to where no private insurance can support or help provide uh, gender affirming care to adults. So we know that from Jump, this yeah. was not about children. This, this was about, not about children. Yeah, it's like, it, oh, it, it wasn't about, it. like, it's kind of like, it wasn't about different um, water fountains. It was about racism. That's the same thing that's going on with this. <laughs> There are direct parallels. And I know as a Black person, and I'm sure Salamander, you run into this as well, as I'm sure you have as well, Nikita, you have people who get upset when you compare the current fights that we see as part of the queer community with previous fights in, you know, civil rights. But there are some parallels that I see. And when I point this out to some people, they get really mad. Oh, yeah, like the bathroom <sighs> bill. Like, like how the hell are you going to mark out bathrooms? And like yeah. I know people literally face consequences for these little nitpicky at not, not, bogus ass policies. Like say I yeah. had a, recently I had a sheriff deputy follow me while I was inside my uh, county's commission building into the ladies' bathroom and forced me to like urinate in front of him. Like he like literally people harass you and abuse you inside public spaces. Mm -hmm. It's like they have the power to do these things. It's, it's, is is this like it, these these struggles have not gone away? They just take a new shape and form. Like I yeah. feel like we're at a peak of 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 uh, uh, we're at a peak point of contradictions in our society where like people are just not going to be like so easily willing to go on with a model that exploits mm -hmm. people. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They just can't yeah. do it no more. It's just One like second, I need to get my charger. Oh yes. Well, if it's it cool, so I, I, I feel you on that one because I've had people follow me into restrooms, I've had to take my stalls, and like everyone always tells you to like approach things without uh, physical violence or threats or whatnot, and I have found that sometimes me being a big burly person has really helped uh, de-escalate because it's like they're not going to try to fight me. Like I had one person kicking my stall for like two to three minutes and when I open up the door they just weren't expecting this very large buff trans woman and I'm like you know I told you there was other stalls what, what can I do for you and they're like oh I just I'm I just wanted to clean this the, the the restroom a bit and I'm like you're not a janitor so I'm gonna watch you do this by hand without gloves use the paper towels I want to see it and they did <laughs> I will punish nice. them they weren't even a janitor. They were just a random person. Right. Like, like, the question I always ask is, if you care about the children so much, do you take your kids to church? Mm -mm. <laughs> the real men in dresses who want to harm children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nobody, talk, nobody wants to talk about that. Like, nobody wants to talk about how much political power the churches have, too. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody want to talk about how DSS like take children from black and you know and uh, uh, people of color communities and put them in the hands of the church. Nobody <laughs> want to talk about that. But in residential schools, yeah, mm -hmm. it talks about like uh, those boarding schools that took away. Like the only time you hear about it is when they only talk about 
like, oh, it was sad what we did to the natives. No, it was horrific what we did to the natives. We took their children away from them. We destroyed their culture. We definitely stole all their land and we really fucked up their culture by some of the terrible practices, i.e. those boarding schools were mass grave sites in many instances. Yes. There, it, was a, it was a factory for manufacturing uh, sexual assault, murder, cultural destruction and genocide. Yeah. But like, we got football. Mm -hmm. And it's not even real football, it's hand egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling it that just to really put like, I'm the only sports I enjoy are like wrestling. Um, and I think we should do it like the Greeks did back in the olden days, just naked and oiled up, neither here nor there. So I'm going to be calling American oh. football hand egg from now on. Yeah. I hope. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to start that because in Japan they called it a merry football instead of football because football is as the Americans refer to it as soccer. Like the rest of yeah. the world understands that football is kicking a ball with your feet. Yes, but running under. around with the thing under your arm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, whenever people ask, especially on social media, like, "What is white culture?" I say it is cultural appropriation, genocide, and seasoning your food with thoughts and prayers. Yep. Mm. It's true. I mean, they, they started all these wars for spices, and they don't even fucking use it. Yeah. Like, oh, like, that entire thread on Twitter about <laughs> people finding bay leaves in their chipotle is yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Like, don't you know how spices work? Like, why is there a leaf in my food? I want a refund. Like, like it's called flavor. You may not have heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> their their seasoning for chicken is salt. Hmm. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry, Helen. Uh, salt is not a spice. <laughs> Helen, why is there raisins in your potato salad? <laughs> why are there raisins? Why are raisins? But there are three questions that I ask on a daily basis. <laughs> why are men? Why are white people? Why is America? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, white, yeah. white culture is basically jocking uh, other culture style and being like, no, 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 no. We we made this. Like, I remember growing up thinking for the longest that I don't. I'd always been told that rock was like it was white people music. It was made by white folks. Then I went to like college and learned the reality of all the music from America, and I'm like. So it was just basically a bunch of black people made it. And then since we weren't allowed to like integrate with white folks, they were like, oh no, this is ours. We made this. Like to know that there was the colored charts and then the top 100 charts. And it yeah, was rock and roll, like, we did this. We did yeah. this. <laughs> we did this. And they would just be like, we're going to turn it as white as fuck. Like we're going to get off all that seasoning. Uh, you put a little bit too much spices, too much paprika, too much cayenne pepper. Get that shit off there. We're gonna wash this chicken down, right? And finding out that people don't wash their chicken. Oh, good lord! Oh, oh and lord. don't use washcloths. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, it's a, you gotta use a washcloth, uh, at least a loofah. Wash yeah, cloth. at least. But one of the things that I'm finding is that, especially among BIPOC queer folk is that the experiences are generally the same the world over and it's a byproduct of colonization mm -hmm. because we were convinced 
into thinking about ourselves in a monolithic way. Yes. And yes, we have shared experiences the world over, like going into the, the freezer, thinking that you're going to find ice cream, but finding the ice cream tub full of beans. That is an internationally brown person experience, you know? Um, and that, that tub of Danish cookies, yeah. you always find sewing kits <laughs> inside, that, inside that tin. Mm. That is an internationally brown experience. But also it is the internalized misogyny, the racism, the homophobia, the transphobia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And th this belief that you have to assimilate to whiteness as much as possible in order to succeed. Yes. And that has kind of infiltrated the LGBT community in a huge way. And that the norm of being LGBT is being as white as possible, is being as camp as yes. possible. Yes. Yes. And like literally presenting femininity, presenting masculinity, or if you're non-binary, presenting uh, androgyny. And yeah. in Hindu culture, Hinduism recognizes more than five genders. Oh yeah. And people who are intersex and people who are non-binary are seen as holy what because kind of they have transcended the physical aspect of of the binary well, yeah and you see that through a lot of culture like you know in in this in the state side the united states side different types of, Amer of native american uh cultures had their own uh, vernacular for people who are outside of the binary and now mm -hmm. since destroyed we now just call it two spirits but originally mm -hmm. each each like culture had its own ideals for how holy somebody was along that lines. They even had like normal gender roles for somebody to break what would be considered the norm, normal gender roles back then. Like, oh, this, they actually and certain shamanistic cultures would be like, oh yeah, this is holy because of this. Like, yeah, that's gone now because as you're it saying, is. We have basically kind of like, I, I, I'm somewhat guilty of that because one of the reasons I keep my hair straight is because when I have it down, it helps frame my face and it makes me seem more passable and that makes me seem less threatening or gets less um, attention. I've actually lost jobs over my hair being an afro before where it's like, oh, your hair looks unkempt or unclean. And it's like, my hair just grows this way. I like, like you saying, that's like me not giving you a job because your hair is long. And that makes yeah. no sense. But yeah, it, it's it's become more of a protection thing too. And it's under the yes. guise of protection that we kind of lose some of our culture. Yes. And I'm finding that like when, um, when India decriminalized um, homosexuality, somebody I know tweeted, I can't remember who it was, but uh, I was following this person while we were mutuals on Twitter. And um, he said, this is not India catching up with the West. This is India decolonizing. Uh -huh. Because Three point. it was at the behest of the British that homosexuality, uh, homosexuality was criminalized in the first place. It wasn't a thing in India until the British came that 
everything was put into the binary and that um, homosexuality was uh, was seen as, as something criminal. Yes. And I say time and time again that firstly, legality is not a measure of morality. Um, but that kind of morality was instilled in well, my homeland for we, hundreds of years. Well, and if you look at, for instance, right now, since right, right now you said you're in Southern Africa, correct? Mm -hmm. In South you, Africa, in Johannesburg. In uh, North and Central parts of Africa, because contrary to a lot of people's belief, Africa itself is not one single country. I know this is going to surprise a lot oh, of people. A lot of you know, mm -hmm. think that Africa is some sort of monolith and that it is one big nation as if it's like Australia. It is not like Australia. This is a this is a continent, just like how the the uh, North America isn't just the United States. It is several different countries, like a lot of different yep. countries, and they each have their own cultural. Yes. And they've all been affected by colonialism, and for mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of the time, there was a lot of LGBTQ friendly stuff going on in lots of Africa, and then colonization came, and we see it currently in the northern parts and parts of the central parts currently where now LGBTQ stuff is being criminalized. Like they just passed Uganda. parts of it. Yeah, where you can go to 10 years for aggressive homosexuality. You can do- I remember, hmm? I remember someone in Nigeria was recently murdered. Yeah. Because uh, mm -hmm. I have a teacher, a spiritual teacher from there and like she's bringing it up. She told me about it. I was murdered and put in a box. Or speaking yeah. out against these things and it's fucked and like it's like nobody really talks about how deep christianity and how deep it runs in africa right now how the missionaries have set the whole nation spiritually against itself it is it, it's, it's literally almost level of geno it's genocidal what they're doing to people yeah you know what i'm saying you can end up pretty much just made it legal to commit hate crimes against the LGBT. Yes. Right. And they, they're calling it the legalization of LGBT hunting. It's kind of scary. And it's terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. And uh, my house is a registered safe house. And so when whenever anybody needs a place to stay, like usually uh, here is a last resort because there's a myriad issues. Yeah. Um, like a trauma, hi. Um, yeah. But uh, whenever somebody needs a, needs a place of refuge, the, this home is, is open and I'm just getting message after message like, hey, can you house this Ugandan refugee? And I have a feeling that within the, within the next coming months, like my home is gonna be a passing through like kind of a, a thoroughfare for Ugandan um, underground LGBT railroad. Act activists yeah, that's just it's kind of passing road. through. Yeah. yeah. And I have a feeling that's going to be, be an increasing reality. But it definitely is inspired by, if not directly affected by, the increasing emboldenedness 
of right-wing rhetoric coming from the states. It is, without a doubt. There's literally no way that anyone can refute this. We we have, like, you can go on, on YouTube and see all these churches going over as missionaries to parts of Africa mm -hmm. and them talking about how, like, being LGBTQA plus is some sort of abomination and should be put to death. And you have these very rich people coming to an area that has a difference in the purchasing power between the currency. Of course, you're 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 basically going to install in these places the equivalent of right-wing right terrorism. It's, yes. it's and it is terrorism. And somebody asked me the other day, like, do you think that this is increasing conservatism? It's always been there. It's mm -hmm. always been there. It's just more prominent now that we have the platforms in which they're outing themselves mm -hmm. um, on social media, but it's also they have been emboldened by people like Trump, DeSantis, yeah. uh, oh, what's his name, uh, Ted Cruz, um, <laughs> Greg Abbott. Yeah, um, McConnell. Like all of these people, uh, the McConnell's, good Lord. Um, the yeah, I call him Bitch McConnell. <laughs> yeah, Bitchel. <laughs> Bitchel the turtle, he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. That guy's just, he, I'm, yeah. when he finally passes, I'm going to be so happy. But it's just going to be an, another level mm -hmm. of like super right wing out there is, is mm -hmm. going to take over afterwards. Mm -hmm. But it's also, I think, yeah, they've been emboldened by people like Trump as well. Um, mm -hmm. Like, oh, there were good people on both sides. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but there's nothing good about a Nazi. Like, oh, there's good people, and I assume good people be a part of them as well. Like, no, I'm sorry. No. If you call a Nazi a good person, you're a bad person. You're guilty right. by association. Yeah. I'm concerned. Right. You, you are guilty by association. But it's also a sense of the structures. Because ACAB all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And the structures that support these ideologies are also becoming more emboldened to support them instead of staying neutral like the police force. Um, well, the police force was never neutral in the US. Right. Uh, well, in most places, I would say. But like even the Swedish police, when I was living there, the Black Lives Matter protest was fairly peaceful in Gothenburg until police started harassing protesters for their passports and wouldn't believe brown people that they were citizens of Sweden. Mm. Even though a whole ass 10% of Sweden is made up of immigrants. The entire population is 10 and a half million people. It's a tiny population with a vast country. Uh, taking in refugees, shot up the, the population by 10%. Of course, they're going to be brown people who are citizens of Sweden. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, we need to see your passports. And it's, it was just bizarre that not even a couple of weeks later, these right-wing uh, so-called activists, these terrorists essentially came in from Denmark mm -hmm. into a place called Malmö uh, and started burning Korans in the street. And the police just stood by and did nothing. 
because those so-called activists were white. Yeah. I honestly believe a lot of times that the police are have a lot of relationships with these oh, yeah. uh, terrorists or outright related to them. Uh, you know, uh, you see that in Memphis when we're trying to have drag time story hour at the Mosh or formerly known as the Pink Palace changed over because, mm. you know, they had some Confederate money coming in. Um, uh, basically, the police let these people terrorize these uh, artists and performers and children with AR-15s and uh, uh, big rifles and almost had an active shooter and they stood by and did nothing, you know? And when the director of the police department who, you know, was a black lesbian woman, you know, uh, uh, you know, director Davis was asked about it. She was said, you know, the uh, police working with the the uh, uh, Proud Boys, that conversation went too far to the left. I'm like, how can you say that? And, you know, like I said, I don't really believe in this whole rainbow capitalism, rainbow, like girl boss bullshit. I don't care who's sitting in the seat, whatever. Uh, obviously, if you're letting people harass children and artists, performers, you're obviously helping them. Like you're emboldening them. Like you're not gonna do anything. Uh, when we draw on chalk, we get threatened with felonies. Yeah. Like we literally draw on chalk in Memphis, Tennessee, by a courthouse. Something that washes off. You're literally you have a chef definitely threatening your life and put you in jail for a year or more. You know what I'm saying? And that's I don't know. That sounds like fascism to me. But and I like to do that. Um, you're completely right in that. Um, it, just because it's a, a, a black person or somebody who's part of the queer community on a, you know, in a high position of power, like a police for the police, to me, that person is being complicit in it. Like, mm -hmm. oh, class uh, traitor, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You don't join, you don't become a grunt in a war to change a war. Like, mm -hmm. it's yeah. It's uh, something that I always say is that you cannot take down the master's house with the master's tools. Nope, right. you are correct. <laughs> right. And, you uh -huh. know, and I've, I've seen things like this before and stuff like that in Louisville, Kentucky. Again, the Proud Boys working with the police. Mm -hmm. Like, they they burn down the car and surround the church. Like, like they literally do anything. You know what I'm saying? So, no, it's not both sides. And they treat them like whenever they do something or something horrific, it's both sides. But whenever we do anything, it's like we're fucking terrorists, BLMs, terrorists. Yeah. You know? It's just, it's just. I mean, Antifa. Antifa is a terrorist organized uh, I organization. I, I did not know what Antifa was or heard about it until getting on uh, 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 an argument on Facebook with a white guy. He's like, "You're Antifa, ain't you?" I'm like, "What is that?" Like, yeah. what is? I didn't even know what that was. I'm like, I thought that it was like. Was this like an African version of the plan? I don't know what's going on. What's going on? Like these people are so afraid of it. It's a wild tale. Sorry, mm -hmm. I don't mean my gamer. No, it's like you, you probably thought like, is this like a new form of hotel? Like, is, is right? that? <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Yeah. No, but <laughs> Antifa was literally uh, considered a terrorist organization, and the name stands for anti-fascist. No, right, anti-fascists. Right. Right. Yeah. Like if if you're considering anti-fascists a terrorist organization, you have gotta right. know that you're fascist. Right. But it's a specific brand of fascism that's in the U.S. right now, and that is Christo-fascism. Oh yeah. And that is coming out through people like Kenneth Copeland. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and this Marjorie Taylor fuckface queen. Yeah, <laughs> the lady who that there are space lasers made by Jewish people. Jewish space lasers. Jewish space lasers. Imagine so just fucking out there that you're like, oh yes, the Jewish people, the Jewish people has built a, a satellite, launched it into space to start forest fires. Yes. I make jokes about like how silly and absurd this is. I'll be like, oh yeah, it's, it's all an evil government conspiracy device to steal my toothpaste. Right. In reality, oh, I'm sorry. People like, sorry, people like Lauren Bobert, she recently photoshopped herself into the pictures from somebody's funeral, from to a, at a black person's funeral. Oh as evidence God. that she is not racist, she photoshopped herself. She colonized a funeral. How? Literally How colonized, colonized a funeral? funeral through Photoshop. Oh my God. <laughs> they call Stalin bad, but now they are. Oh my God. That's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> this is wild. See, I can't That's hate black. I'm there when they die, but only in Photoshop. Wow. <laughs> That's the message I'm getting from that. Like, I, I, Not only was she inserting herself in like a place that she wasn't, it's a black space, which she wasn't. Mm -hmm. And then she used it as leverage to say, no, she's not racist. Like, Lauren, are you okay? Well, you had to also understand, like, often, more often than not, fascism is a parody of itself. Like, it's always going to be some type yeah. of almost, almost hilariously a parody, you know? Mm -hmm. and, you know and I'm really uh, glad you brought it back to Christian fascism, because, like, we also have to ask ourselves, who are funding these lobbyists? You know what I'm saying? Who's funding these uh, school camps? Who are funding these programs, these uh, missionaries? Who are funding, you know, this whole lobbying campaign against TikTok and all that shit like that? I'm pretty sure a lot of these people, because like, it's just some of these social media platforms are giving different aspects of spirituality a, uh, uh, a chance to have equal platform. And I feel like they don't want that. They really afraid of that. And it's just, it's just like say, I just can't help but see how these things are connected. And just like, it's just, They're all connected. They're all so, so connected because, and, and what they try to do to detract from what they're actually trying to do is using distractions. Like saying, sis is a slur. Like, no, it's not. It literally means on the same side of, and is a scientific term. Like, and that's why they get butthurt about a black mermaid. Mm. That's why they, they want to talk about what about the children because it is absolutely a distraction. And this is something Toni Morrison said, mm. is that every time we need to, and I'm paraphrasing here, every time we need to prove our humanity, reiterate that we have culture, that we have language, that we deserve to be in spaces, it is a distraction from the real work that we have to do because they keep us insisting that we have the right to exist mm -hmm. rather than us pushing for our right to exist. Yeah, it gets, it's also uh, like a tactic because like sometimes you just get tired of having to prove that you exist. Mm -hmm. Especially when you have, you know, a daily life, you have a job, you have all this other stuff and to sit there and every day be told that like you don't have that right to exist, it gets so, tiresome and it makes you not want to do as much because you're like fuck i am tired of shit right but yeah you're fighting. yeah 
That's why I like. I have the discords of them. Just for education. Mm-hmm. It's like Monday. I have decompression. Yes. Like, tell me all the fuck shit that's happened this past week, and lay it on thick, because every everybody who's in that space is then prepared. Like this is a decompression you are going to receive trauma, and you are going to give out trauma, and we are going to, as a collective, heal from it mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. Sorry, I interrupted you. I was going to say that it's just like, um, it's like what you're saying. Essentially, every day, people expect you to um, kind of justify your existence or explain your existence. And that's why I'm at now, I'm currently at the point where when I'm ever on any of my social medias, I just straight out say like, look, I'm not going to educate you for you. I'm not going to put in the emotional effort and the emotional like work to show you why I should exist. I'm just gonna delete you. And I recognize there are people out there who do put forth that effort and I applaud them. Mm-hmm. And I see talking to people being like, well, let me explain to you like how this works. And I'm just like, I get that they, that uh, Ocean does this for their, essentially the people who are listening, who are on the fence and not for the person who is asking those silly questions of her. But to me, I just mm-hmm. don't have the, the, the power anymore. I used to, you know, fight, see it as like every battle is the ability for us to win some people over to understanding. But now I'm just like, look, I'm too old. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm Anybody got type for that. Or half a century. Once I hit half a century, just expect to be deleted anyways. But that's what I do now. I'm like, I'm too old to explain this to you. If you have an issue with it, just delete me. Or I can delete you. But you can't do that uh, um, in real life because unfortunately, mm-hmm. if you ignore the problem it grows it does grow but every time i feel tired in real life i have um, a bottle of uh, bubbles in my handbag and every single time that i have just felt tired of explaining to a white man about anything really i take off my bubbles from my handbag and i just blow bubbles in their face and i walk away God, I'm gonna start doing like, that. I I, I can't mean, anymore, so I'm just gonna blow bubbles in your face. Just like walk or like peace. Yeah, just I'm yeah. I'm done. I'm I I am four foot ten. I am not gonna be able to intimidate you to do anything. <laughs> um, and there's no way that I'm going to meet you on the internet and try to caps lock you to death. I mean, that just doesn't work. But uh, yeah, just walking away sometimes is the best way to preserve your own kind of sanity. Yeah, without but, a doubt. I mean, yeah, Caroline has seen, um, seen me on lives. And I think, uh, Caroline, you, you might have seen me say, or heard me say on lives, do not make marginalized people do intellectual and emotional labor for free. Then gifts mm-hmm. go into everybody's profiles, Cash App, PayPal, uh, Venmo, whatever the case may be, or subscribe to somebody's podcast or support their shop, their Etsy shop, you know? And what I've been doing for um, the past month, well, what I did for Black History Month is every Black creator who needed any sort of copywriting done, I would write them a press release or uh, an elevator pitch, whatever the case may be, may have been. That's what I did for the whole of Black History Month. And then for the whole of uh, International Women's Month, all women and femmes, I said, I'm going to edit your resumes for free for the whole month. 
Um, and I think those tangible kind of pushes towards uplifting each other rather than fighting, losing battles with people like uh, famous creators like Muswood Patriot, like, um, oh man, what's his name? He's, he's constantly in our lives. Jamal, Jamal for Jesus. Oh, I don't know Jamal for uh, Jesus. Oh, he, he is entertaining at the very least. Um, yeah, he's, a, he, he's fun to toy with. He's harmless though. Um, but his narrative is harmful. And you have people listening to him and people agreeing with him and saying, hey, I'm going to take this a step further. Like he himself, mm -hmm. I don't think that he is going to pick up a gun and, and um, kill LGBT people in a nightclub. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the statue of terrorism That's, is a real yeah, yeah, ooh, I was just about to say that. Mm. That's yeah, still it's just like a doesn't terrorism. tell people to do it. But his message- He's not even telling people. What's he's that? not even telling people to do it. Yeah, he's-, he's But dogless, somebody like... is going to hear his narrative and say, hey, here's this person who is ardently Christian. Somebody who is following the book to the letter, which he isn't. He's proselytizing. Um, and I'm going to take his narrative further. Mm -hmm. So while people like him, are not physically a threat, their ideology definitely is, and it's echoed in so many things that we see around us today. I I, I pretty much faced, you know, kind of go through that with my own family as well. Because, uh, like, people like Dave Chappelle, they, he do the same shit. They make it funny to be transphobic. And yep. real people on the street level have to face that. Like I have family who like listen to him. I live with somebody right now who like tend to lock themselves out their own house because they lo lose the same key three times a day. Stuck in these spaces and small spaces where people don't realize these rhetoric and being doing for the yucks or doing it for the uh, proselytizing has real world consequences. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I, I actually straight out tell people like I had somebody living at my place um for a hot minute they weren't paying rent and you know they would listen to PewDiePie and I was like look I'm gonna let you know right now that's not allowed in my house this is my house my rules you don't like it leave mm -hmm. you don't mm -hmm. pay rent yeah leave mm -hmm. so yeah. they actually stopped listening after I explained but I was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and allow that sort of content in my house or I pay rent where I rest my head where I eat my meals <laughs> don't expect it of me. I would not do it to you. I don't expect it. I'm not expecting that you uh, bring that in here. But on top of mm -hmm. that, it's true. You do see, like, I have family who thinks the guy's hilarious. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that just tells me you're not, I'm not safe around you. You're not a safe person to be around. If what? you think this guy's comments on trans stuff, that tells me you agree with him. You're laughing at his jokes about it. And to me, that's horrible. I, I, you're not family. Right. And like, I had an argument with um, a family member. It was like, oh, um, trans non-binary isn't a thing. Like. The fuck? It, what? It, it, and they're like, no, you, you have to feel like one or the other. 
Like, how can you feel like neither or both? Especially when like you're so femme presenting, like, okay, let's face it. The girls are huge. The hips are huge. <laughs> I look very, very feminine. Um, and I quite like my femininity some days, mm. but like, I can't hide it. I can't pass whatever passing is. Um, and she was like, no, no, like you're a woman. I'm like, I'm, firstly, I know that I'm not safe around you. And secondly, you are not taking my experiences seriously. 100%. Because you're not even asking. You didn't even ask, like, why do you feel that way? I want to understand where your experience of gender yep. comes from. And if he had asked, he would know that it comes from being sexually abused as a child. Like, I didn't feel comfortable in my body ever since then. Um, but that's not going to be the same for the next non-binary person. Yeah, it could be completely different reasoning. It, it could be, be completely, yeah. completely different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with you on that. It's like, um, I've had people say certain things and I always like to bring up, uh, essentially, I know it's a, like a, it's a fallacious reasoning, but when people ask me questions about stuff like that, like, oh, well, how can this person be non-binary? They're so, they have like such large breasts and such wide hips. And I'm like, okay, so like, so-and-so who works in this part of the of, of this location also has very large breasts and he has a very he has a very big hips very pronounced hips does that make him any less of a man and they're like well no and it's like there you go you just because your phenotypical traits are out there doesn't mean that you are whatever it is these people see you as and that's why it's better mm -hmm. to ask them how they identify what are your pronouns because you can't I, I meant it's not hard. Sorry. I'm sorry. You're not, it's okay to interrupt. It's okay. okay. You have an idea. Let it go. Let it speak it. Okay. Like, well, you can't see inside somebody's soul. You can't see somebody inside their head. Right? Yeah. Like I think quantum mechanics like kind of count for this. Like, you know, can't really see something until you crack it open. You know what I'm saying? Like once you crack open the human body is whoever's done them down is gone. That's gone. You can't really, you can't really mm -hmm. see this. Crack my brain open. Magic right? <laughs> like you can't, you can't see what makes a person tick on the inside. You can only guess, but you can feel, and only well, you really know is that have them use their mouth yeah. and express it. Yes, I cannot understand your experience without understanding how to communicate with you, so you can communicate your experience to me. It's mm -hmm. like. We watch. If you watch a movie, I might you might find it hilarious. I may watch it and think, "Wow, this is terrifying." I will not know unless we communicate. Mm -hmm. sure. Like, and this is interesting. Like, something that I've kind of discovered recently um, is like they them. Like, mm -hmm. I feel far more comfortable in my body as they but when it comes to bedroom antiques i always want to be she mm -hmm. and it's like because that is the part where it's consensual mm -hmm. yeah. like <laughs> i'm trying to come up with a rhyme for it you know like they them in the streets bottom in the sheets 
I love that. But like, it is about what you consent to. Yeah. Like out there, like in the world, I know that there are going to be things that I cannot consent to that are going to happen. And I need my armor. Yeah. I did steal a, a quote from George R. R. Martin when it comes to my armor. Like people will try to use certain things against me, but I just take pride in it these days. So be like, oh, you're too buff to be a woman. And I'm like, oh, that's food. <laughs> the little person, the little man is trying to say, I'm, I can't be a woman because I have muscles. I don't listen to people who I can beat up. <laughs> I have a friend who's also a, a TikTok creator, um, Nicole Lowe. Um, she's a trans tattoo artist and just as a big fuck you to the magical turf. Let's not call her by her name. Um, because I was a big fan and there's still parts of the story that resonates with me. I want to get her, her to do my tattoo because I'm like, I want a trans woman to be benefiting of the shit that this turf created. <laughs> yep. I want to pay her. And even though she's my friend, I'm not, I'm going to tell her, no, 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 you don't discount your rates for me on this. Yeah. Mm. Like, give me a, give me a naked trans woman with a sorting hat. Yeah. I want her, her bits to be visible. Like, when people take this off, I want them to be like, wow, is this from a porn magazine? I want a trans Harry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trans Harry, yep. Have Absolutely. you have you heard of um it's either Chuck or Chris Tingle? So he is a adult homer uh author and he writes a lot of things that people see the title and they think it's memes. Like one of them it literally legit no shit, no cap. The name of the title is Pounded in the Butt by My Own Butt. And pounded mm. in the butt by my book. this down. But, and <laughs> he has one, and it, these are all very well written, mind you. He has a book that's called uh, what was it, Harriet Patras, and it's the it's basically a series that is a queer version of Harry Potter with the stuff so much different that the one magic turf cannot sue him over this and it is really well written but i am just not into like he's got like dinosaurs in it like there's like an anthropomorphic dinosaur that is just down to go straight to pound town and mm. i'm like oh, that, that that one doesn't get i love this flowing. but like trans harriet potter fuck yeah i fucking <laughs> love this i harriet fucking potter. love it dr chris tingle like the guy is he's a he's a great author but his, his concepts are just so out there that you know it's it's Left capable. field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it in the butt by the ghosts of the Sasquatches, like Seattle, <laughs> like ghost pirate Sasquatch of Seattle. And it's, oh, it's I, I, I think you're going to send me down a rabbit hole tonight. Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> get to the uh, pounded in the butt by the concept that all chuck slash chris tingle novels are memes and memes only by 
whatever. It's just like he's he's meta with it, and it's hilarious. And he's 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 queer friendly. He's uh he's uh what is it uh friendly to people of color. He's obviously a leftist on many many fronts. I I just 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 yeah. well done. Yeah, chef's kiss. But why I mentioned Nicole and and the tattoo artist because. Please go and, go and follow her if you're on TikTok. Um, I remember her telling me that when she stirred, first started um, feminizing her look, there was this guy who wanted to beat her up in a bar. And she looked at him, she's like, looked at him up and down. And she used to be a bodybuilder mm. and like a cage fighter and a rugby player and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And hyper masculine and she's like we, we can do this three ways we take this outside you beat me up and you can tell all your friends that you beat up a girl i can beat you up and you can tell all your friends you were beaten up by a girl or we can just have a tequila he chose the tequila beat up because not, not only is your ego hurt, but so is your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to have fun with that. I'm like, you need to understand, fam. If you want to kick my ass, I get fucked there. That's not threatening to me. <laughs> and people, people will change their mind quickly. Like, oh, yeah, you want to kick my ass? This shit can take a pounding. Can yours. Can yours. <laughs> you don't, like... Every now and then, I just like you guys don't even know about flared bases. About who? Flared bases. Flared. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's what's that? Base. You ain't trying to get that sucked up in your body because that booty hole has the negative pressure, and that thing will just be like, oh, now you need an ER trip so they can pull that remote out of the booty. Ooh. Have you like, not seen? Don't like don't play. <laughs> like uh. Have you ever seen those like ER ER uh, X-rays and it's like just random shit up people's booty holes? You'll notice yeah. that you have a flared base. That's why you have a flared base. Oh yes, always. It stops it from going all the way up your booty hole. Oh wow. Yes. Yes, I know. Isn't I've that? Seen, I've seen. i seen a light bulb up there one time. I'm like, how the hell you get a light bulb during that shatter? This was like real medical mystery. I'm like, oh my god. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did not know this. I did not know these things. You don't. You don't want to have to be in for somebody to pull something outside of your body that you could have just had a flared base on. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You could have been pulling this shit out yourself. Instead, some doctor who went, some surgeon and some doctor and some nurses who all went to med school for years, some of which for decades, are now going to have an interesting story to tell. Yeah, this motherfucker shoved a whole roll of toilet paper unopened up their booty hole. Instead, you could have a flared base. You could have a flared base, oh. and you could have popping that shit out yourself, like motherfucking Mario. Like, you could catch an egg like Yoshi. But instead, a doctor is giving you a C-section to pull that out. Oh wow! <laughs> and it's like <laughs> having ass. These are the people who are invalid. But these are the people who are trying to invalidate existence the existence of, of trans people on, on the internet of lgbt people and like you don't even know how your own body bodies work you you don't even mm -hmm. use a washcloth you don't wash a butt crack 
Well, I think one of the craziest things too is you'll have these same people who are trying to like, well, I shouldn't say crazy, that's very ableist. One of the most outlandish things that you'll see is people saying silly stuff like, oh, I think abortion is wrong. And then you'll ask them about like reproductive systems and they won't know anything. I'll be like- They won't. Like, what is the difference between the vulva and the vagina and they cannot tell you? How many holes are down there? Uh, what do you mean? Don't they pee out the same one that the baby gonna come through? No, no, they do not. There's a urethra there, but that don't make sense. We're human. We have yeah. different. We have the same parts. Men have nipples too. Men have nipples. the point because, like, there was I literally met somebody who believed that one uh, conservative talking point that if a person is sexually assaulted and they have the ability to give birth, they seriously believed that uh, somebody who has those sort of reproductive organs, you know, somebody can give birth, would be able to like terminate the pregnancy internally, like just cut it yes. off like a switch. And I'm like, uh, that's not how that works. No, That would be revolutionary. Yeah, right, right. It saves a lot of I us mean, like, Sunday morning trips. Yeah, if, if, like Planned Parenthood would be completely unnecessary if we could. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I mean, yep. that's not to say that that's all Planned Parenthood, you know, provides. We all know this. Of course, of course. We must know yes. this. Everybody who listens to the show should know. Planned Parenthood <laughs> gives a variety of stuff. However, okay. however, that make things so much easier. I'd be able to, you'd be able to walk into a Planned Parenthood without having all these random protesters in front of you being like, murdering a fetus, or sorry, they say murdering a baby as wrong. Well, yeah, a baby. It's basically a collection of cells on me right now. It's no different than a pit bull, all, except yeah. internal. And I have a, a very, I have a very, very close friend who I love dearly who told me about, you know, seeing an ultrasound at like five weeks and realizing just how fucked up the system is because it's barely anything at five yep. weeks. And yeah, it was, it was heartbreaking because, you know, when you want to raise a family with your partner, when I first saw my ultrasound before, and unfortunately I had a I had a miscarriage and it was a whole thing. I'm not gonna get into it. Yeah. Um, it's but- scary to term, you know, completely yeah. different. Like I decided in that moment that I first saw that ultrasound that I was her mom. And that is when a fetus becomes a baby. I agree. You are consenting to it. Bodily yes. autonomy very i don't care how much of a, of a they could be a full-ass grown fucking adult in the womb if a, if a person who's going to be the one giving birth to it does not consent to that creature living off their living off their body bad for that 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 whatever it is but in this instance mm-hmm. this was somebody that you were consenting to bring the term it's completely different yeah. consent in my eyes will always be the most important thing in so pregnancy I think absolutely. I honestly think that's part of the patriarchal fear that how women are strong and how they are necessary for the full function of society. They have to give consent to who be here. You know, you you have if if your 
if your mother or the mother rejects it, then like you don't have the citizenry or whatever to maintain whatever hell state you have. And I What's feel like they to maintain a state back in the day or even now they trying to like maintain control over over women like legit. It's just yeah, it's, just, it's brutal. It's brutality. You know, they, it is. They see they see people who give birth as only women for some reason. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Yeah. It's really, crazy. but yes, you're right. Like and, men can't give birth. Like, mm-hmm. well, if, if if you needed my blood to survive, if I had to give you a transfusion, if I had to give you a kidney or a piece of my liver, and without it, you would die. And we both we all know that these things I could give up willingly, and it would not kill me. Without me saying, hey, yes, I consent to this. You don't get it, you die. It's the same with fetus in many instances where if, hey, like this thing will die without being attached to the cell wall, the, the cell membrane, not cell wall, my apologies, the cell membrane of this specific organ. Well, shit, don't have my consent. Unless you could pull that out without harming a body, without causing scarring and whatnot, and put it in somewhere else. Oh, well, no different than a couple cells. The fact that they want to extend the the bans to ectopic pregnancies and miscarriage, like banning miscarriage, like how the fuck? Just I know. Especially like you said, they think you can just do it by yourself. Yeah, they like treat people like they're robots. Well, fifty percent yeah. of fifty percent of of pregnancies end up as a mi- miscarriage before some a person knows that they are pregnant. So to ban that is, is incredibly dangerous because it's like the wording alone, it, it doesn't line up with science. Like this is yeah. a well-known thing. Most pregnancies bec- are self-aborted by the body before there's even signs of pregnancy. And then even pregnancy itself is, so, is such an arduous process that sometimes the body will self-abort and a miscarriage yeah. will happen. So yeah. It's scary to think that, you know, this is just a natural process and it's just could be you going about your day and you're pigeonholed into, oh, I have to have a kid because the laws are now so shitty that you are forced to reproduce. And then if something goes wrong with a process that is incredibly, uh, it's filled with lots of potential to have that problem that is now illegal, you're, you're, you're gambling. Except yeah. you don't get a choice in this gamble. Yeah. And... The fact that it's extending to miscarriage and ectopic pregnancies and all of that is, it's absolutely about control and we know this. But one of the things that really grates me is because of the the state of the healthcare system. Oh yeah. We know that it is the most marginalized who are going to suffer the most. It is um, black women, and black trans men. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who are going to suffer the most because of how justice or so-called justice is doled out in the States. Yes. Because we saw it in the war on drugs yep. that absolutely to target the black community. Well, and look at the, the statistics on, on uh, child, or child labor death, like having mm-hmm. uh, death during labor skyrockets if you're a person of color. That is just 
and it's mainly because doctors don't listen to people of color. Like I've been yeah. in a car accident once where my neck was broken and I was in incredible pain. It, it wasn't until a black doctor came along and was like, at first it was a black nurse. They saw me sweating profusely. And I was like, I, I need some medication. Like <laughs> this is the, the Tylenol you've given me is not doing anything. And the black nurse is like, yeah, you should be on something stronger. And they got a black doctor and the black doctor was like, yeah, we're going to give you, um, I think it was, it was either Dilaudid or morphine. And I was like, thank you. I need something for the pain. And yeah, like if you're black, you know, you, you're seen as a drug seeker, even if it is a, like abundantly apparent that you are in incredible amounts of pain. Like I was sweating. I couldn't move. I was just sitting there writhing in pain as best I could, which was basically me doing this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then them just being like it'll subside shortly they, the you know you don't need any of these strong painkillers the, the Tylenol should help it, it's good enough and I'm just like I'm dying oh my god or when it comes towards uh, I, I know plenty of cis white women have probably run into this when you go up to a doctor and you say this is what's wrong and they don't find what they're looking for they'll straight out tell you no that's not what's wrong with you you yeah. it's probably in your head Oh, wow. in your head. oh, I was, I was told to lose weight when I yeah. had a four and a half kilogram tumor in my abdomen. Yeah, like he that's a whole ass baby. What? You mm. need to lose some weight. That's all that it is. It's they, just, yeah, they I'm really, sorry, your legs missing. Lose some weight. Like, they literally teach it in the medical books that black people and black women don't feel pain <laughs> yeah. the same as way as lighter skinned individuals. They think our skin is twice as thick. Yes, they think our skin is thicker and that we have less uh, pain receptors. When in reality, all studies have shown that there's the same level of, of, of pain receptors and skin thickness. They're, they're, the only difference between us from that standpoint is just the melanin expression or pigmentation. But the, the mm -hmm. school, the school, those medical document books will tell you that black people don't feel pain as uh, severely as a white person. Yeah, and that comes from slavery. That comes from... Mm -hmm. The, the tests that were done under slavery, like operations Being done without burden. anesthetic. Mm. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of and, modern medicine does come from that. Um, they did a lot of horrific tests on in, uh, slaves on slaves in the states um, mm -hmm. without anesthetics, like vivisection yeah. and everything. Just yeah, we're going to cut you open, and that, that's how a lot of uh, advancements for um, some of the stuff that was used for birth control methods was used as well. It was on. Um, mm -hmm uh black women who were slaves way back in the estuary under yeah mm -hmm. but and um and even now there's a book called medical apartheid oh it is a tough read yeah. um it's really really good but also and i always fall back on bell hooks because um she basically informed almost everything about my feminism uh, then going into people like angela davis and you know, just finding my way to to where I am now. This is my current read, um, which is absolutely stunning. Um, but Feminism by Mickey Kendall. Um, and Ain't I a Woman by Bell Hooks, starting with how a Black women's narrative was built uh, from slavery till now and ideas of femininity and 
gender and masculinizing black women and just how it carries on into how other BIPOC are treated as well. Um, and there's no comparison of any form of colonization and, and oppression. Like you can't say one was worse than the other and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, because I mean, people lived through it and they suffered through it. But it was, it was an eye opener to see just how many layers there are to those kind of intersections and how we view identity today, how we view each other, how we view oppression and how much of it was just built on colonization oh, yeah. and the colonial, the, these colonial leftovers that we see that, that manifest in such hatred today and such mistreatment that, and, and this is a book that I read like before I even came into my own in terms of feminism. And I'm still on my journey, obviously. I'll be on that journey until the day I die. Mm. Um, but reading it and then going back and like saying, okay, here's what I need to read. That's what I need to do. This is what I need to, to, uh, to look up. That was the starting point of understanding true intersectionality. Not even Kimberly Crenshaw, because Crenshaw, as much as she coined the phrase intersectionality and she put it into context of the legal framework of the US, it was bell hooks that kind of pulled my interest in in terms of intersectionality and also made me understand my identity a lot better. And my identity as a trans non-binary brown woman from, well, brown person from the global south. They still call myself a woman, listen to me. Yeah. Um, as, as, a, as a brown femme from the global south. Um, understanding how they interact with each other, how those intersections of oppress uh, oppression interact with each other, how they are presented, how they are perceived, and what is the history behind it. So that is so important. Hmm? Having a so, like, so important. Having a grasp on it, basically, it's like you can see what it's rooted in. You can see how it affects you. You can, to me, I've, I've started to learn how to kind of like mess with it the same way because there's certain yeah. expectations that will be just attributed to you. You have to act this way. If you don't act, if you act this other way, it's seen as like, oh, that's just how queer people are or whatnot. And I've just started learning how to play on it. Like, oh, that's, you, you know, I'd be one of those angry black folk who might beat you up and people will be like, mm. oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't think that was offensive. And I'm like, it is right. Yeah. You don't want me to be out. And then they'll it'll it'll fuck with them because they're like, you're saying this so casually. Like, uh, uh, brain shuts off, and then they they, they exit stage left, and it, it's great. Mm. I use it mm. my bad because fuck them and fuck their ultimately, system. Ultimately, ultimately, these people are cowards. I feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're, they're, they will only attack you in numbers. I've noticed that. I was at a, yeah. a, um, a, a thing was like two weeks ago and we went to a, a, a bachelorette party later for another person. And I went to the restroom. I heard somebody get upset when I went into this little toilet because it was like a one stall bathroom. I did my business. 
and I was ready when I walked out. This guy was upset that a trans woman was taking a shit in the Arizona bathroom, and he looked at his friends for backup when when he kind of confronted me, and his friends didn't want anything to do with it. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, in there, and I will take a shit in there again, and this time you'll go, you'll mm-hmm. get flushed out with it. And he was just like, yeah. oh my aren't backing me up he backed down mm-hmm. and they, because mm-hmm. they are cowards they're mm-hmm. very much cowards and if you I, stand up to it you have to stand up to it in certain instances don't expect to stand up to it and you know come come away unscathed every time but in most mm-hmm. instances they don't have that backup they're not going to do shit mm-hmm. that's right. what they have laws they recognize that they are cowards and that they right. care Hell, sometimes have the police come take you out instead. Sometimes mm-hmm. they will back down even if they have like a crowd with them. Like, yeah, like literally, they're that scared. They are very afraid. <laughs> it's That's like maybe they, I, I had a group harassing a woman's march soon as you know, road got overturned, and like they was trying to march down Bill Street. And like, just I just called them out what they were. They're a bunch of church burning cowards and shit, and like they was. They went, ooh, yes. <laughs> they went the wrong road. So this is fucking hilarious. Like, uh, I, I have a quick question for Dakita. Um, mm-hmm. As we're, cha- I feel like what I'm noticing in society that we're transitioning from, you know, having hard labor be the center of everything with automation and such, uh, automating possibly the truck driving industry and other industries as well. Do you mm-hmm. see? Uh, uh, the value of soft labor or non-physical labor being uh, seen as more valuable? Isn't, do you see that as a, a shift going there? No. Well, relating it to marginalized communities, absolutely. Because this is a narrative that is pushed throughout the world, is that marginalized people are only capable of things like blue collar work mm-hmm. because all, leave all the intellectual jobs to the capable white people, you know, mm-hmm. the so-called capable white people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the, the more depth and breadth marginalized people get in uh, a claim, so to speak, in these spaces, the more important those skills would be those are skills because we're already magic, but they steal every single piece of magic that we produce. Mm-hmm. And the more we claim that space, the more we can say, actually, no, these spaces don't belong to you. Automation can do the jobs that I'm, I'm doing right now. Um, and we can produce art mm-hmm. that you've been stealing for centuries. We can produce literature that you've been stealing for centuries. Mm-hmm. And one day we are going to see, we've already seen how successful um, the oppressor can be in, the, in those soft skills because they've been stealing it from the true magic makers. <laughs> and that's why I related to oppressed people and the oppressor, even though that wasn't part of your question. 
because it's always been valuable. It has always been possible for that automation to happen. Mm -hmm. But right now, because there needs to be somebody easily exploitable, there needs to be somebody whose time can be devalued enough, somebody whose existence can be devalued enough to say, no, we're not going to use AI to do that. Instead, we're going to use AI to make art. Mm-hmm. It's the human beings that should be making the art and the AI who should be doing the work is reverse. Backs over. It's, yeah. it's, it's clearly they reversed. They pull the biggest Uno reverse on us right now. Oh my, oh my God, Like how you produce art but well, we need back-breaking labor accomplished right now. Like we, we're still holding people in uh, uh, dangerous situations uh, uh, for uh, producing dangerous labor. People get sucked in a conveyor belt and uh, FedEx, and a machine is creating, uh, trying to create its own version of Vinci. What the hell is this? Yeah. What is this? But I, I see an ugly ass AI art of uh, uh, people at a barbecue, and the people are on fire. It shit was so gross looking. I'm like, damn, computer can enjoy a barbecue, and I can't. The bitch. Well, that's the thing too that I don't think a lot of people notice is when it comes to these jobs that can be automated, that they think that you can't because you are a person of color. Like with my job, I've, I've actually automated bits of my job, and my job gets done like bad um, mm-hmm. because of it. And people don't realize that because they see you as a, a person of color, and they're like, oh, this person is most likely undereducated and doesn't know anything. It's like, oh, okay, cool but I do know things and I've made it work at my advantage in several ways that I'm not going to say out loud solely mm-hmm. because like, it's a good meal ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, oh, but uh, I, I, it, oh. it's something that, that, I, that I've always kind of grappled with. And uh, it's, it's that knowledge that yes, we are capable. Yes, we are amazing. Yes, we can do the things like every single marginalized community, like the one thing that we have in common is that we're all fucking human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yes, we have shared experiences, but the main thing is that that humanity is denied because we're just seen as bodies to be exploited mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not individual, like, that's why they treat us as a monolith. That's why like, oh, the gays are harming the children. The trans people are harming the children. Like, but every single priest who has abused a child has a name mm-hmm. and has a family and has a history. And they humanize those people. They humanize people like Dylan Roof, but can anybody name any of their victims aside from their family and the community of Charleston? Mm. So, and so- uh- we are at the point where we have to start asking you um, the big questions, per se. Yes. And just because, you know, we're running out, we're starting to run closer to our runtime and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do you, I, I want to, before we hop into those, um, was there more you wanted to say on that subject before I cut you off? I'll mean like. No, 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 no. No. Okay. It's all good. I want to make sure that you get everything out because you have some words of wisdom that some of which I'm going to be stealing like and not just the funny ones like the uh, <laughs> American egg ball or the hand hand egg ball hand egg, hand egg. like I'm gonna hand egg y'all 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 are watching football y'all watching hand egg bitch mm. yeah but you have stuff that I'm going to be stealing like 
just hands down. Um, I don't worry. You will be credited. Absolutely. For I will be like, yeah, you need to go follow this person like yesterday, mm-hmm. which I will be doing the same. But um, uh, Salamander, do you want to start with your questions first or should I start with mine? And just let me Salamander know. Salamander can or... start. Well, um, they want to start. Well, sure, I can start. Uh, well, the main, I want to just follow up the last question by soft labor. I mean, when I say soft labor, I was more intending emotional labor, things that get ignored. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people don't really, people who are um, film or you know, people who provide a service in the community by being emotional support, like, do you see that? Because, like, you, you, you see programs like Better Help. And uh, these therapy, you know, therapeutic apps and stuff like that don't really work all the time. Like people need therapy. People need somebody to talk to. You know, do you see a more uh, increase in value in soft labor, emotional labor? Yes, um, and especially for marginalized communities, because I live in a majority black country and only. 24% of psychosocial professionals are people of color. Mm-hmm. And that to me is wild. Mm. But people are now demanding it. People are now being like, we want to claim our space. But people are doing the emotional labor on social media for free, currently. Mm-hmm. But people are also starting to see their value. and. I value my time, I value my mental uh, energy, I I value my intellectual labor. And with people demanding more for that, saying I am worth more than what the system gives me, we're going to start seeing an increase in people valuing it. Because, and this is something that I've always believed is that once you let your own light shine, you allow others to do the same. Mm. And people are going to see others valuing their labor and are going to start demanding more and saying, I am allowed to take up the space. I deserve the, the recognition and the compensation for the labor that I'm putting in here. And even on something as simple as TikTok, and I, by no means am I calling TikTok simple, um, but something of that magnitude, um, you're seeing people speaking up and saying, I'm not doing this for free. People putting their cash up in their bios. People put, uh, putting up their, their businesses in their bios and saying, Hey, if you really wanted to support what I'm doing here, you will go to my shop or you will go to my website. Um, And as you value yourself more, people will start valuing you more. Mm. And it is up to just bucking the system because automation like BetterHelp cannot replace a person. And while BetterHelp is a, well, I'm using BetterHelp as an example. Right. While it is an introductory tool to therapy, it cannot be your base therapy. Mm-hmm. And so 
I think that people are seeing it more because the more informed you are, the more power you have to make decisions. And those kinds of decisions ultimately lie in the hands of the consumer. Mm -hmm. And the more people see that healthcare professionals, especially in a place like the US, are affiliated to a pharmaceutical companies, that they are pushing certain kinds of medication, the more people are going to question it mm-hmm. and say, hey, I have this information that you are pushing Adderall because X, Y, and Z, because you have these links. Can I have another medication, please? Because Adderall is not working for me. Mm-hmm. And the more people know their rights, the more people know about what is going on within the system, the more they can push back against it. And I feel like that's the reason why they're scrambling to get all these um, oppressive laws in the books as soon as possible. It's just the only thing it really takes for the people to become more cognizant of their situation. And like literally, because like I used to bartend for the past 10 years before I got into activism. And once I the pandemic hit, I quit my job, stopped going to school, and I got in these politicians' faces and like, they can't handle that. They can't handle regular ass people being in these spaces and like, yeah, or asking questions. Yeah, it doesn't, it shouldn't yeah. make, it, it doesn't make sense that a, a my electrical company is board, have a boards and cancer research facilities and pharmaceutical companies. They're on the board of mm-hmm. my electric company. Meanwhile, there's lead in the water system, cadmium, radiation, but yes. Thank you for answering my question. Thank you. Yeah, I, I do think that information is key. And I've always said that knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sharing power, you're tokenizing the people who you're giving that information to. Because sharing space without sharing power is tokenism. Right. Uh, yeah, I have my fucking feel of that shit right here. That's right. Yes. So for my questions, my questions, you've kind of asked some of the, or answered some of the ones I normally ask, like, you know, how how are you going about, you know, fulfilling the goal that you'd like to see, you know, for the future and whatnot? You know, you are a safe way house or a halfway house in some instances for Mm -hmm. a network of people who are helping people get to better lives and living more long lives. Um, But what do you say is like sort of, what would you like to see the future look like? Um, I am communist. Same. It's okay. You're in good company. Comrade! Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see an equitable society. And the only way we can get to that starting point is by educating people. Educating people on their rights, educating people on the inherent corrupt nature of the current system. And this is something I mentioned on a TikTok Live recently. It's one of the reasons that the Cuban revolution took so long to get going was because the guerrilla warriors were not going into tiny villages, radicalizing people from the start. They went into the villages teaching people how to read and write and empowering them by giving them the basic skills that 
their previous government was denying them. And things like something as, as tiny as, or seemingly insignificant as the Mercator projection of the world map prioritizes the West, mm -hmm. makes Europe seem bigger than it is. It makes Africa seem tiny. It makes Africa seem so tiny. And that has put a kind of a, this metal image of insignificance mm -hmm. onto the global South. And so educating people on the reality of things, like I never thought that I would be fighting people on the internet about whether the earth was flat, because honestly, we should be advocating for honeybees right now. Right. Okay. I shouldn't have to be fighting for my right to exist freely as a human being. And so through the podcast, through social media education, and the podcast is, is mainly talking about difficult concepts in feminism and mental health, destigmatizing. Through that kind of education, that is what I want to see, like people being empowered through knowledge. And that's why I started doing TikTok lives in the first place. Like I want to have a, my lives that are my space only. Um, they're very chilled and me just talking absolute rubbish and listening to Hosea. Um, I'm absolutely a Hosea gay. Um, but like when I go into the debate spaces, that's when I put on my armor. And I'm like, I am here to fight. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to fight with knowledge. I'm here to fight with words. I come with research. I come with sources. Come up I come with facts and evidence. Yeah. So it seems like But you... also with a, with a critique of mm -hmm. the things that I'm reading as well, because I know that I can't take everything as the truth, because yeah. there is no truth, capital T H E. Mm -hmm. There are many sort of facts and shield of evidence. I love it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it seems like I would say that you recognize that like the efforts you're doing today are basically for the future generations. So as you said, right now, yeah. your 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 idea would be to plant the seeds that are going to later fruit into a better future. Because as you're okay. saying, like with like the Black Panthers, when they came to uh when they came to existence, they were about helping the community, providing food. They'd see the stuff that um, capitalism was on and they would bring community and socialist ideas. And then we all know how that had turned out. My next would be, what, like, are you not scared? Like, it's terrifying and I, I very powerful. You aren't showing a hint of fear on any of this. Um, which to me is like, damn, damn, like, good job. Like, I would be somewhat terrified because we know how certain groups will react towards this uh -huh. of uh, enlightenment. Something that a friend once said to me, and I'm paraphrasing this message that I have in my head, that one of the most terrifying things is afraid to die and I am not afraid 
to die for a cause. I am terrified of the consequences of failing. So if I'm looking at this, if I'm face to face with an individual who is misinformed, lacking compassion, lacking empathy, I will always try to meet their hatred or their violence with compassion because it's more, more often than not, most likely that they've never seen what true compassion looks like. But in the face of a violent system, I am prepared to be violent because I come in peace, but I am prepared for violence. I use that saying a lot. I, I do come in peace, mm -hmm. but if violence is, is presented, I will meet it in kind because yes. I find it suspicious. Absolutely. So and Yes, it is terrifying. And I mean, the words that I say on the internet, as much as sometimes the tussle is fun, like just fighting fascists and fighting old white men who don't know their their heads from their other heads. Yeah, well, a urethra from apparently uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it may seem like fun, but I know that that is putting me on a list. Yes. And I'm probably on multiple, but I am currently not allowed to enter four countries. Um, Occupy Palestine, um, India, Venezuela, but that was a funny one because that was a, that, that was a stupid mistake on my part. And um, now Iran. <laughs> and so, yeah, I know that I know the consequences, mm -hmm. but freedom is paramount. Equity is paramount. And in that fight, yeah, it's terrifying. And I don't think that I will see full economic, social, political, environmental freedom in my lifetime. Just like my parents never thought that they would see the, the end of apartheid. But they were prepared to put in that fight. They were prepared to put themselves in harm's way to see our country have democratic elections at the very least. And I'm prepared to do the same. Nikita Salamander, it was a fantastic fantasy come reality if you must. Um, okay. To talk to you, you're obviously all amazing. Uh, I really picked up a lot. I'm telling you, when you hear other people start saying, hand eggs, you'll know. That was me who helped spread <laughs> your words. Because not, not only yeah. is your ego hurt, but so is your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to have fun with that. I'm like, you need to understand, fam. If you want to kick my ass, I get fucked there. That's not threatening to me. <laughs> I love that. And people, people will change their mind quickly. Like, oh yeah, you want to kick my ass? This shit can take pounding. Can yours. Mm. Can yours. Hey everyone, if you like this episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow. More importantly, share with your friends. Today's episode was recorded on March 25th, 2023 via Zoom. Today's show was hosted by Lucy Balzano and contributing co-host Salamander Brandy. This episode was edited and produced by Caroline Penny. Developed by Caroline Penny in conjunction with Lucy Balzano and Athena Permakis. 
Research provided by Athena Formakis. Music provided by Infraction Music titled Good Vibe. Capturing narrative segment music and the music you hear now are produced by Athena Permakis. This episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast was brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to upload a podcast. Thank you for supporting this show. For more details about this episode, go to the description linked below. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscription for exclusive content available. Be sure to go to anchor.fm slash trans narrative. If you'd like to reach out to learn more, be a guest or are looking to get involved with the show or your local community, email us at transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com. That's transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com.